and online at 960thebull.com. Your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960 The Bull. CBS Sports Radio. And welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. I am Brian Hanks. Today is Tuesday, May the 23rd in the year of our Lord 2023. This is Hour 2 of Episode 865 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. If you missed the first hour... I think it was a good hour, Richard Clark. I think we've talked about everything in the world. I mean, if yeah, you we hear a lot. If you fought, if you tried to like take notes, okay, let's see. Well, of course, you know we talked about Junius, which that is what it is. I mean, you know, we're uh, sending lots of good vibes to uh, the hospital where he's having surgery this morning. Uh, but I mean, we went from that. We talked about the demise of newspapers. We talked about Ted Lasso. We talked about streaming TV. We talked about, <laughs> and I, this is just off the top of my head. I'm not even going into details with everything else that we talked about. Uh, dude, it, it is just crazy. Uh, it, it, Hey, we even got a little NBA talk in dude. Just a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Well, we've got you here for uh, the first five minutes or so here in the second hour. Richard Clark, he's the news editor of the Carteret County News Time at CarolinaCoastOnline.com. He's our NBA and hoops expert and our, and our good friend, too. And this is a good day to spend time with your good friends, and that's what we're doing this morning here. Uh, coming up here in about uh, – I just messaged him, so in about 10 after the hour here, we're going to be uh, joined uh, by the play-by-play voice of the East Carolina University Pirates baseball team, Scott Scooter Rogers. Uh, he is in Clearwater, Florida for the American Athletic Conference baseball tournament. Uh, the uh, Pirates will begin that today. They're 41-15 and 15 overall, 18-6, and six, and they will take on South Florida uh, to, to kick off that tournament. But we'll be talking to him, like I said, about uh, eight minutes or so from right now. But until that time, we've got Richard Clark. And, uh, dude, I've got to – I, I don't think we did an ad the whole first hour, dude. So I've got to get a. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. For 65 years, uh, LCC, Lenore Community College, has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252 252- 527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you so much to our good friends over at LCC for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hank Show. And thank you to all our day ones. Uh, UNC Lenore Healthcare, Goeco Office Automation, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, Rendell Parent Academy, and all our other great sponsors too, including uh, the Kenston Police Department, uh, 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 chick-fil-a of kenston uh and i and i'm sorry i i should have this list here in front of me rich but uh i do not uh goodness oh uh the daddy's wood ducks too thank you and all our other sponsors really do appreciate them thank you so much for being uh for helping us do the show every day here on 960 the bull 960 the bull.com okay uh richard clark uh we were talking a little bit about the uh the lakers and the uh and the Denver Nuggets, you were bragging about the Nuggets. And, I mean, assuming, which I don't think it's hard to assume, that it's going to be the Nuggets versus the Heat. As a basketball fan, I'm not talking about it as an ABC sports executive or an ESPN sports executive, but as a basketball fan, you've got to be pretty pumped for uh, for this series. Well, it's definitely not what anybody expected. I mean, even with Denver being the number one seed, I don't think I'd be, I'd be shocked if I found out that most people actually thought Denver would get there. 
because uh, it's just Denver. You know, they've never been to an NBA Finals before. They've been to ABA Finals, but never NBA. So it's good to see that. It's always good to see a new team in it. Uh, and Miami, who, I mean, geez, Louise, they were nine seed. That's the lowest seed ever to get there, at least in this era. I, dude, it's insane. I nobody gave them a chance against Milwaukee. Why would you? You know, I mean, maybe nobody, I didn't. I do nobody. Now the Knicks. I think you, you know you were pretty high on them with taking on the Knicks for whatever reason. But dude, even with the Celtics, as we talked about in the first hour, uh, you were saying, and I, dude, not just you. Everybody was saying, you know, the Celtics were going to win that. I even saw somebody, you know, thought it was going to be a sweep, and here we, it's going to be a sweep, all right. What about the? Uh, are you going to are you going to discount the nugget or the Nuggets? Are you going to discount the Heat again, or what, what do you think is going to be uh, again, dude? It, we're going to talk next week, and we're still going to be two days away from the beginning of the uh, NBA Finals. Oh, yeah, a week from today. It's, it's, it's well, insane. I, I think the difference here is that none of the teams, with the exception of Giannis, who was injured, um, that's a big caveat. We need not forget that in the footnotes of history. But I think the difference is they got Jokic. As long as he's out there, Miami, from just a pure basketball standpoint, Miami's going to have a hard time matching up with that. They're not a big team. Um, that being said, I think Jimmy Butler has shown that it's sometimes, you know, heart matters. The things that you can't quantify with a, with a metric or analytic or any of that stuff actually matter in sports. So – Anybody that's of that ilk, they should they should enjoy watching this Miami team because it's one of those deals where the combine doesn't tell you that Jimmy Butler can turn it up when he needs to. Somebody told me, and it's been over the last couple of days, and I didn't even realize this because when you think Jimmy Butler now, and especially the stops he's been at, uh, that you know he must have, he had to have been a lottery pick, right? No, what wasn't no, he like the number thirty not. pick overall or something like that? Uh, it was not even that high, I didn't think, but you really? might be right. Hold on, I'm looking um, it up real quick. Keep keep talking. I'll... Yeah, he, he came out of Marquette. He wasn't highly you know, 30th, is right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, and he didn't, he didn't play a whole lot in the beginning, but he figured it out. You know, he figured out what he needed to do, much like uh, your conversation with Reggie a few weeks back. He figured out that what he's going to need to do to stay in the league and be successful. Um, and he's done that uh, to his credit. So I don't think you can say anything when people make the adjustments to be successful. He averaged two points a game his first year in the league. God. Dude, eight, I think eight points Reggie a game. averaged more than that probably, you know? Yeah. He, eight points, he played eight minutes a game his first year. He averaged eight points a game. The next year he played – 20 minutes, 26 minutes a game. And then you started seeing the change. You know what that tells me? And I mean this sincerely, Richard. You know what this tells me? There are players out there that have been washed out of the league that probably should still be in the league because they just weren't properly coached or properly brought up. I mean, we can use Reggie absolutely as an example of that dude who made several trips to the D league or it was a D league at that time. I guess it's whatever it is now, the NBDL. Yeah. G league. Yeah. G league. Now, whatever it's called, but dude, I mean, he was back and forth. If you, I know you remember this, his first two or three years, at least four or five times he went down to the, to the developmental league. And finally, like he said here on the show, he got a good coach in Stan Van Gundy that really took an interest in him and has developed him into now a 10-year 
NBA vet, it's sort of the same, or not sort of, it's exactly the same thing with Jimmy Butler, isn't it? It absolutely is. And I've said it before on this show, speaking of other, other sports, unless you are LeBron or, you know, whoever, pick Patrick Mahomes, the, the, the situation matters. It just does. The difference between these guys is not that great. It's really not. They're all good. That's why they're where they're at. The difference in the guys that are successful is they've maximized the situation they're in, whatever it is, whether it's because they suddenly got focused or I think in some cases in basketball, it's because the guys are late physically maturing because we forget sometimes these kids are 19 when they get there. They just don't look like they're 19. Um, and it's the coach there. Is the coach there going to be there? Is the coach leaving? You know, is it a turmoil in the front office? All these things play into it. And let's say I draft you, and then I get fired. Oh, well, you, the next you regime get fired, okay? Yeah. Well, the next <laughs> regime doesn't care about you. You're not their problem. So they're not going to spend the resources to do it. And then you factor in, you know, organizations that actually have solid situations in form of coaching that will coach the young players when they're not playing will stay in tune with them and things like that. All this stuff matters because these guys, are, it's minuscule the difference of how good they are. You know what I mean? It, you could put these guys out there and very rarely you're going to go, yeah, that guy's just way better than that guy if they were playing at your at the Wood Duck Center or whatever that is down there in Kenton. <laughs> the Wood Duck Center, I love it. Listen, Richard Clark, I am not going to put you on the uh, on the spot right now because heck, the NBA Finals don't begin for nine more days, but and we still have to uh, just do the uh, you know get through tonight's uh, game or heck, if they take it to five games or whatever. But uh, so I'm not going to put you on the spot. We'll talk about that next week, and who knows what we'll talk about next week too. But Richard, thank you so much. Thanks for hanging out with us into our second hour here. I appreciate you, dude, and we will, uh, hey, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. There you go. That's Richard Clark, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Coming up here in just a few moments, in fact, uh, as I'm trying to get him on the line right now, Linda Whittington. Yeah, I'm going to get Scott Scooter Rogers up here on the line with us. And uh, uh, as we're going to talk about ECU, the uh, ECU Pirates right now. What a way to finish the season! They have, uh, or the regular season, they have won nine straight conference games. They are now down in the uh, AAC tournament in Clearwater, Florida. And guess who else is down there? It's Scott Scooter Rogers from uh, the ECU play by play for the Pirates is joining us live from Clearwater, Florida, right now on the Brian Hanks Show. Uh, Scooter, welcome to the show, dude. Good morning, Brian. How are you? I am doing good, man. I'm doing really good with the, with how well that the Pirates have been playing. What are the results that they've had uh, over the last, what, won 11 of their last 12 games? The only loss, a tough 14-13 win against Campbell uh, a week ago today. But, man, have really done exactly what we've said that they've needed to do in conference play. They've swept their last three series against Cincinnati, against Memphis, against South Florida, and they're doing everything they can at this point in the season. I got to tell you, Scott, kind of feels a little bit like last year when they got so hot at the end of the season. It does. You know, this team has definitely proved uh, or showed that they still want that regional host win. They still want to win the American for where I believe it would be the fourth straight season. And, 
you know, this team has showed so much fight all season long with comeback victories and fighting through adversity. And for the job that they've done here at the, at the end of the year, it's been awesome to see. But as you start the postseason, you know, everybody says that everybody's zero and zero. That record goes away in the postseason because they didn't think it happened. And East Carolina definitely saw that last year when they got on that postseason. Absolutely. Wait a minute, you're not being chased, are you? I am not. <laughs> if you I are, am, if I you... am. I am sitting on our hotel room balcony, looking at the beach, talking to you right now. Yes, that was a pregnant pause there because I was already jealous. You know, I love your lifestyle anyway, man. I mean, you get to follow around for two seasons now. You follow everywhere ECU baseball goes, but uh, that that level of jealousy that I've had up until this point it just increased about twenty four percent. Okay. <laughs> this is uh this is by far the best trip of the year every time we come to Clearwater. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, Scott Scooter Rogers joining us this morning. And I guess I should say this. If you want to listen to the ECU Pirates, you need to tune in to 94.3, the game. Uh, the signal is strong throughout Lenore County, throughout Kenston, Lenore County. You can hear uh, Scooter call that game today, which, by the way, I've got to admit, dude, I was trying to find the time, and I thought I would just wait until I got you on here. What time are you going to go on the air today? So today's game will start 47 minutes after the game before us completes. Uh, so don't know what time we will go on the air yet, but whatever that first pitch time is, it'll always be 15 minutes prior uh, to whatever that first pitch time is. So stay tuned to you know all of ECU's social media channels, anything that the American as well puts out. Uh, but just yeah, any time you see a first pitch time, just take 15 minutes uh, before that, and that's what time our broadcast is starts. I love it. So, uh, what? So, give me an approximate. What time is the first game starting in the one you're following? You're fo- blah, 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 that you're following. Game one between uh, Cincinnati and UCF gets underway at nine a.m. So <laughs> last year we had, yeah, last year we had this exact same time slot on day one. It was somewhere between twelve thirty and one o'clock is when we got started. Well, there you go. Well, we will definitely be tuned in. You can, like I said, go to ninety four point three. I believe. Well, what's the website people can go to? Uh, also, you can download the new IBX media app, uh, which is uh, 9430 Games, all their stations, new apps for streaming. Uh, and that's the other place that you can hear the broadcast if you can't pick it up on your radio dials. There you go. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll refresh that a couple of times here. Well, let's talk about this uh, Pirates team. And I got to tell you, Scott, the thing that shocks me the most is, I mean, this is a team that is 41 and 15 overall, 18 and 6 won the AAC for the fourth consecutive season, yet people are – the uh, yes, I'm doing air quotes here, Scott, as I'm saying this, but the experts are saying here's a team that's kind of at this moment, if the NCAA tournament started right now, would be on the outside looking in for being a regional host. 41-15, and 15, dude, 18-6 and six in AAC. Why, why are we looking in from the outside right now, according to those experts? The one thing that you have to look at right now is our conference. Our conference outside of East Carolina is very weak when you look at RPI ratings. Uh, after East Carolina, I think the next highest in our conference is somewhere in the 90s or either in the 100s. Uh, and so that's one thing that has kept our streak of schedule down is just how weak the American conference is this year. But you look on the other hand, you look at East Carolina's non-conference strength of schedule, and also their non-conference RPI, 
and it's in the top 15. And so we have some very, very good arguments. Uh, another thing that's hurting East Carolina right now is their quad one victory on the RPI. They're four and six. So they have a losing record there. But you go back to last season, this team had a two and seven quad one record at the end of the season. And their RPI was lower than what it was right now, if my memory serves me correct. And they got on that run here in Clearwater. And obviously the rest of the history getting that top eight seed last year. Don't think you're going to see, even if East Carolina does win down here, don't think you're going to come close to seeing a top eight seed, but East Carolina can win the American Conference Tournament, especially sweep the tournament. They should, should get in with a host seed somewhere in that 14 to 15 overall national seed range. Well, listen, I know Cliff is, uh, is optimistic and, you know, he, he expects to win every single game that he goes to goes into i mean all good coaches are that way but is that this is that pretty much the mindset of the team of of coach godwin and the pirates right now scooter that hey we you know we we've got to come down here and do what we've done in the conference over the last three series sweep this entire thing is that pretty much the mindset of the team scooter absolutely you know take care of business is, is kind of one of their sayings that they say and you know i bring that up to coach Godwin all the time you know just keep on winning and you know he says the same thing you just got to go out there and play your best brand of baseball every single day and also get one percent better um but yeah i mean they that was the thing about this past weekend at south florida was they knew what they had to do coming in they knew they had to go in there and get that sweep to pretty much win the conference uh, regular season title and that's exactly what they did. And, you know, we just talked about them having comeback victories all season long. They had to do that twice over the weekend against South Florida with a conference title on the line. So that right there shows how much this team has got fight in them. But, yeah, I mean, they, they know the job they have to do, and they certainly know how to get it done. You're absolutely right. Again, that voice you're listening to is Scott Scooter Rogers uh, joining us live from Clearwater, Florida. Yes, he's uh, that you can probably even hear the ocean in the background there. We're not jealous, <laughs> but uh, you know, if you just look at results, if you don't listen to which a lot of people in Lenore County do, we listen to you uh, again as you do the play by play. But you see, uh, like you said, last Thursday's win, eight to three. You see Friday's uh, victory, six to five. Uh, that doesn't tell the entire story of uh, the way they uh, swept that series, does it, Scooter? No, it does not. You know, you those first two games were, I mean, game one, you were down 3 nothing after the first inning. You come back and score eight unanswered runs. You were down twice in that game on Friday in game two. You had to come back to win that game. And then game three, which was on Saturday, you know, East Carolina pretty much dominated that game to get the sweep but you know those were two hard fault games against south florida in the first two games and that's coming off that you know crazy game against campbell just 48 hours prior to game one against south florida and so that game took a lot out of it so this guy really wanted to win that game against campbell and you know those were that was just an unbelievable game in greenville saw last tuesday night against campbell and you know the atmosphere is amazing and you know we've we've talked about it before Brian, about how good Campbell is, but that is a very good baseball team. And, you know, we, me and Coach Owen talked about it a lot on our broadcast about how similar Campbell and East Carolina is. And that showed every single game this year about how even they are. Because every single game they've played has been a one-run game. But, yeah, I mean, those those first two games against South Florida, the score does not show it, but those were two hard-fought victories to get that series. 
Absolutely, and showed you the heart of this Pirates team for sure. Uh, let, let's go back. Dude, nobody does segways better than you, Scooter, and I mean that 100%. But, no, that was my next uh, – Where I wanted to go to that Campbell game, a 14-13 to 13, uh, loss, but, again, a game that uh, the Pirates showed a lot of heart. I mean, they could have folded early. They didn't. They battled back, battled back. Uh, and again, but ended up with a 14 to 13 loss. Well, what did you find out about the pirates? And I'm talking about not, you know, the conference play, not games against anybody else that night, a week ago against Campbell. Wow. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> what did you find out about the, Cam- uh, about, uh, the pirates taking on the, the camels that night, a week ago today, Scooter, man, that was probably the craziest baseball atmosphere. That I have ever been a part of, especially calling a game on radio. That was by far the craziest game. And you were there for those games against Texas last season, how crazy those games were. But I think that one tops in terms of, you know, how close the game was, being, being that it was back and forth. But it was just overall a great college baseball game because you had two teams, top 15 matchups that are separated by about an hour and a half from each other battling for, you know, really their last big RPI win of the season. And they knew that coming in. They knew they, they – each team knew they needed that win. And, you know, really that game, you look at it, it was, you know, you could make the argument that it was bigger for Campbell. You could make the argument that it was bigger for East Carolina. But regardless, it was, it was such a big game for both teams. And, you know, both teams shouldn't so much fight because if you're – you're East Carolina, you get down that big early, you know, you could check out of that game early. And if you're Campbell, after you get down big the first time against East Carolina, you could check out. But none of them did. They kept battling that whole game, and it was just, it was such a fun game to watch. And it was a shame that East Carolina couldn't come out on top, but, you know, you just got to tip your cap to both ball clubs just because of how well that game was played, especially on the offensive side. Well, as someone that was unable to make it to that game but who listened to you on the radio calling it, uh, I remember I checked in at one point and we're down four to nothing. And then uh, I checked in the next time and we're up. And I'm like, what in the world? I mean, I think it was after the fifth inning, sixth inning, we're up by a run. Then they go on a big run. And then wasn't it the seventh inning that uh, the teams combined for something like 10 or 11 runs? I mean, that – it's got to be fun to have a game like – I mean, I know – and I, I I know you do. I know well, – I'm not going to speak for you. I can tell you about me. I'm a fan of the one-to-nothing, two-to-one kind of games, but there's got to be something said for a game where there's 11 or 12 runs scored in one inning that probably lasts about an hour and then a 14-13 to 13 game at the end, Scooter. Yeah, that was a – you talked about the time of the game. I think it was a four-hour game that we had, <laughs> but, it didn't, but it didn't feel like a four-hour game of how much uh, action you have in that game. And, yeah, I mean, those later innings, especially from about the sixth inning on, I mean, there were so many runs scored. You had, you know, it was so back and forth because you had East Carolina scoring five or six runs in an inning, and then Campbell would come back and score five or six, then score three in an inning. It was just, it was so crazy. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about, you know, people that kind of the traditionalists that like there's two-to-one or three-to-one games, but – the the fourteen to thirteen games are certainly more fun to call on the radio when you have so much more action. But yeah, I mean, they, I, I, I'm like you. I love those low scoring games. But when you have a game like you did the other night, especially against who it was, 
at how big of a game that was late in the season. You know, it was so much fun to be a part of. Got to ask you this as we're getting ready to go into uh, the – tell you what, hey, I've got to pay a bill real quick. Is that all right? Absolutely. you got to pay the bills. <laughs> there you go. Hey, thank you to uh, UNC Lenore Healthcare. They are the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show with a medical staff of more than 100 physicians. UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kinston for all your healthcare needs or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. Let's not waste any time. Let's get back to our big interviews with Scott Scooter Rogers from ECU uh, Baseball. He is the play-by-play voice. Uh, You can hear him today sometime around 1230 to 1 o'clock, somewhere in that window on 94.3. The game uh, out of Greenville, the signal reaches all of uh, you of uh, of UNC. It reaches all the, of uh, of uh, Lenore County and Kenston. So be sure to tune in and listen to him today. Uh, put your earbuds in if you're at work and listen to him there. Uh, but uh, check him out today as he'll be calling that game. Okay, uh, how easy is it for you? And I've got to imagine that you know I'm I'm not like you. I've never you know followed a team and covered them. But do you like it when you go into a tournament and? The team that you're playing in the first game is a team that you just saw four days ago or whatever, I guess three or four days ago. Or would you rather it be a different team? It, does, does Scott Scooter Rogers have a preference, or do you just uh, take on the teams that are right in front of you? Well, it certainly is easier for a broadcast press because you don't have to update hardly anything from the weekend prior. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it really doesn't matter it's to me in the tournament. You know, it, it, you know, I've talked about it with so many people this the past two days here in Clearwater about how this is the first year in a while that this tournament is pretty much wide open in terms of who's going to win it because the American was was close this year and so uh, you know I think every game could possibly be a, a close game when you look at it on paper and so yeah I mean I, I really don't have a preference when you look at it you know once you get later in the tournament yeah you don't have preferences on who you're going to want to play in the championship based off of you know, how much pitching a team is used, that sort of thing. But, yeah, first round, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter to me. And these guys are the same way. You know, they, they'll play anybody anywhere, and that's one thing that Cliff Godwin has really instilled into these guys. Absolutely. How's the pitching set up? Uh, who's uh, starting today? And uh, how, how is our starting pitching set up for the Pirates in the tournament? Yeah, Jake Hunter will get to start today for the Pirates. Uh, Jack Siebert will get to start for South Florida today. Uh, Hunter is probably the freshest arm that East Carolina has right now. Uh, he pitched one batter over the weekend against South Florida, came in with two outs in the ninth inning and shut the door. I believe that was game one is when he did that. So he hasn't pitched since Thursday. And, of course, he only threw one batter, and I think it was three pitches. So he is the freshest arm that the Pirates have right now. Once you get later into the tournament, um, if they can win today, you'll probably see someone like Josh Groves or either Zach Root get that start on Thursday. And then once you get into the weekend of the tournament, that's when you're going to see Trey Savage take them out more than likely. So as of right now, you know, not knowing what's going to happen today, uh, East Carolina pitching, in, in my opinion, is in a really good spot. How's the health of the team of our, of our starting lineup with the batters? Are, are we looking pretty good in that 
in that department? Cliff Godwin has said, uh, I believe he said on his interview with the ESPN announcers uh, the other night that this team is 100% healthy wow. at the moment. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I think it's the, health, it's the healthiest this team has been all season long. You know, Jacob Starling had been dealing with his back injury over the past week or so. He's feeling really good right now. Uh, both catchers, Brian McChrystal and Justin Wilcoxon had been dealing with their back injuries, and you know Wilcoxon has caught pretty much every game over the past two or three weeks or so, and and you know that shows that this team is, is definitely battling through that too. But for them to be you know 100% healthy or, or right near it at the moment um, when you get into postseason play, that says a lot about this team and what they've gone through this year. And, and I didn't even mention right there Trey Savage yeah. with uh, you know it's got a lot of stuff pitching on that had to come out for a week or so in the middle of the year and then started working his way back. You know, he threw, I think, 80 pitches somewhere in there at that range this past weekend. And so now that he's getting that pitch count back up, he's at 100%. He's either right near 100% or at 100% at the moment. And so when you have your best pitching arm healthy and you have all your starters healthy coming into the postseason, that's a really good sign. It really is. Again, that voice you're listening to, Scott Scooter Rogers, play-by-play voice for ECU baseball. And uh, let, just let, let's at least give one minute here to the Bulls, a team that, like we said, that uh, the Pirates uh, swept uh, over the weekend. But, but again, they are not your average 19 and 37, 7 and 17 in the conference team, are they, Scooter? They are not. Uh, you know, you look at South Florida, they've got three really good hitters at the top of their lineup, Bobby Bozier, Eric Snow, and then also Drew Brutcher. I mean, Brutcher had three hits this weekend, and all three of them were home runs. And when you look at the top of their order, just said Bozier and Snow. Snow is just a, he is a true freshman who is leading this team in batting average right now. And one thing that the Pirates did not have, did not have to see today is Daniel Canton, who was one of the best hitters in the American for South Florida. He broke his hand two weeks ago, so that hurt their lineup a little bit. But as you saw in the scores over this past weekend, South Florida pitching, you know, the numbers might not show it, but the starting pitching has been decent this year. We'll see their, their quote-unquote Friday night guy today and Jack Siebert uh, pitched decently against the Pirates last Thursday. Um, and so they were able to get to him once they got into the middle innings. But, you know, as we saw in all those games, you chase the starters, get into the get into that South Florida bullpen, which is what this team has done all season long is, being able to chase those starters and get into the bullpens. And, you know, if you can do that, especially early on, the fire should be in really good shape. Well, very good. Well, listen, can't wait to hear you on the radio today and uh, throughout the rest of the tournament, too. Uh, you're always so gracious with your time, especially here at game day. Scott, really do appreciate you. Uh, hey, have you uh, – Little League World Series, uh, how do we look for that? I mean, it is back in Greenville. I, I know I'm completely switching lanes on you here as we're ending the interview, but <laughs> but we are back again in Greenville this year, right? Absolutely. I believe it is uh, August 6th through the 13th, if my memory serves me correct, on this date. <laughs> uh, and the biggest thing that we have coming this year is our, our dates have switched a little bit. We're now uh, starting on a Sunday and ending on a Sunday. And the main reason for that is our championship game has been switched to a national ABC broadcast wow. on Sunday afternoon. So that is uh, that is a really cool thing. It'll be the first time ever, I think, that a 
Little League Softball World Series game has been broadcast on ABC, and so that shows right there how much this tournament has grown since it's got to Greenville, and so that's going to be a really cool thing this year to have that game on ABC. That is amazing. And listen, you know you got uh, your buddy in uh, Kenston, uh, Brian Hanks, you know you got him at your disposal again, right? Yeah, Brian Hanks is going to be on the mic <laughs> as much as he wants to this year. I love it. I absolutely love it. Listen, Scott Scooter Rogers, thank you, dude. Really appreciate you joining us this morning here on the show. Good luck to the Pirates. Could we have you on later on this week? Absolutely. Just, uh, you know, I'm just text away, so hit me up. There you go. Listen, good luck. Have fun. And, hey, enjoy those tough times overlooking the beach right now, okay? Uh, you know, man, it is, it is so hard <laughs> sitting on this balcony looking at the beach right now. It's just... You know, it's, it's so terrible. It's just a, a horrible view to look at. It. I'm telling you, man. And, and, uh, anyway, we'll get to that another time. Dude, Scooter, you're the best, dude. Thank you so much. Can't wait to hear you on the radio this afternoon, dude. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian, and go Pirates. Go Pirates, indeed. That's Scott Scooter Rogers from uh, ECU. Uh, listen, uh, go Pirates, indeed. Hope they uh, can uh, bring this thing home and again. We need, we need four wins in this tournament and just get it over with and let's have a, a home series or have the regional, uh, the first round of the regionals in uh, Greenville next week. Hey, let's get a John and Jonathan in here, play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up the Tuesday edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. Today is Tuesday, May the 23rd in the year of our Lord 2023. It's time to play the birthday game. It's that game we play every day, and I got to tell you, Dawson, had a perfect game Friday of last week. You start out three to nothing yesterday. You clinched the day. You're already up ten days to six here in May. You know what? I need to do the math here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, it's still seven days left. So you've got a chance, uh, Jonathan Massey, to uh, rebound and win here in May. Rara, Rara, indeed. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> Did that water throw you off? It there? did a little bit. And I'm there. saying water in quotation marks. <laughs> it, it is water. Uh, Must be from the tap. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. No, no, wait. Uh, but it's filtered. What in the world was that? that, that I didn't realize you had a pet frog now, Brian. <laughs> Good. A dyspeptic Lord. one at that. A dyspeptic frog. I think you know what that was. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no, 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 no! Stay over there. Uh, Jonathan Parrot Dawson, you won yesterday. You lead ten days to six, or seven days left here in this month. But like I said, so Jonathan's got a chance still. But uh, why don't you tell us about Goeco Office Automation? Starting to see relatives that have passed on before me. <laughs> uh, this segment is, is that bad? This segment, this segment is sponsored by Goeco Office Automation, and Goeco is run by Jacques <laughs> Passaleg, who you can hear choking in the background now. Uh, Goeco is the place you need to go to if you have a business that's up and running, if you have a business you're just <clears> thinking about. Either way, Jacques Passaleg can help you out. And if these people don't stop making noise behind me, I'm going to punch both of them in the head. Uh, back to you, Brian. I muted my mic and everything. Still comes in this one. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's useful. That uh, but yeah, if we <laughs> if we want to get in touch, if we want to get in touch with uh, Jacques Passlig, Jonathan Massey, how do we do that? You uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You dial two five two two five two two eight six two eight six five three five three five four. Five four. Or you can visit his website at 
GoECONC.com or what is GoECO.com for more information. And for you people listening, the reason the last five minutes were backwards is because of Jonathan Massey and Brian Hanks. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Why don't we jump into today's uh, birthday game here? You can go first as a musician here, John Dawson. Billy Joe Armstrong. No. uh, All the small things. Tell him, John. John is, I'm assuming it's uh, Blink-182. It's Blink-182. The lead singer is uh, Scott Rayner. Or, no, that's not true. He uh, was in the band, uh, but he, he was a drummer. Is he the one that went off and started the UFO conspiracy website stuff? I don't think so, but he joined Blink-182 at age 14. Oh. Uh, I like the song. Turn the lights out. Carry me, la 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 la. If we just let him go, he'll tire himself out. Yeah, that's probably true. Scott Rayner of Blink 182 over there, John Dawson. How old is he today? Are you a fan, Blink 182? I thought it all went to hell after Blink 181. No, I'm not a fan. Why? It's a dumb song. This is a rock band. So? This is like whiny rock. Sounds like a mother goose with distortion under it. Had so many kids. Whatever. Is it my guess? I know that's exactly what I was doing. The little woman who lived in a shoe had so many children she didn't know what to do. It sounds like this set the music. Huh. I guess it kind of... So, okay, Scott Rayner, how old is he today? 53. You say 53. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? 52. He was born May the 23rd in the year of the Lord, 1978. So he's only 45 today. Remember, he joined Blink-182 at age 14. So that would have been in uh, 92. Yeah, 92. Yeah, that's about it. That, that yeah. checks. Yeah. Sadly, I'm not a Blink-182 historian. <laughs> there you go. You take a one to nothing lead over there, Jonathan Massey. Why don't we get our next? It's another musical hint. I like them better when they were um, Blink-180. Cough-142. <laughs> oh, you'll recognize this. She's got, a, she's got several songs out there. Oh, the uh, blonde hair. Two teeth look like it's a prison fight. Um, <laughs> that's what uh, Nikki Glaser said. Jewel. Yeah, Jewel. Yeah. But that's what, remember what uh, Nikki Glaser said about yeah, it? So and as teeth. someone with a jacked up grill myself, I'm allowed to say these kind of things, okay? Teeth look like she's gorgeous. I'm just, oh, yeah. She's gorgeous. It's just, you know. The teeth look like they were in business for themselves or something Yeah, like they that. said uh, they remind her of the Spice Girls. So they all got their own thing going. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But this is uh, Who Will Save Your Soul by Jewel. Oh, Jewel, I think, is... In the uh, B-side, this was Who'll Fix Your Teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Who Will Save Your Soul, Who Will Fix Your Teeth. I like that. And the thing about it is she's so hot, it doesn't matter. It does. You're right. She is. She's absolutely gorgeous. Hey, I'm positive we have never talked to her about her before. I don't, what do you think I about her no, as a musician? I have no issue. She's actually singing without auto-tune. You can actually tell there's humans playing the instruments. So no, I have no issue with Jewel. What about you? As with most artists at this point, I feel like I can just say neutral. Yeah. I'm I, probably pretty neutral, too. I think, we, I think what we all just said, we're all 
Jewel neutral. Yeah. I'd rather hear this than Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Or uh, or Blink One Eighty Two. God, Avril, I'd, Avril I'd really Lavigne. rather hear it than Blink One Eighty Two. Avril Lavigne, coincidentally, also pretty attractive. Also jacked up teeth. Yeah. Mm. Is this jacked up teeth day or what? Well, I went to the dentist a few days ago, so I've got teeth on the brain. <laughs> there you go. Her last name, do you you know, her, her first name really is Jewel. Do you have Outlet. any guess? Go ahead. That was good. No, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh. Re. I've, I so badly wanted to put. I so badly wanted to say something with a Z, so her name would be Jules. Yeah, I just wish people could have been here to see Brian's delivery. Brian has the greatest straight face, sarcastic delivery. Occasionally, occasionally, I don't ever. Well, sometimes it's as subtle as a train, but this time it was like. And the Oscar goes to Brian Hanks. Thank you, thank so. you very much, Jules over there, Jonathan Massey. How old is she today? Um. 51. You say 51. What do you say? What? He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But that was all her. Is she, what is she, like female Dave Matthews? Who's going to save your soul? I don't know. <laughs> it was John Dawson doing Jewel doing Dave Matthews. I was trying. I like it. I like it. Okay, he said 51. What do you say? 50. And she was born May the 23rd, 1974. She's 49 today. Congratulations. It's tied up 1-1. And with all the musicians we've been on doing, that's the last musician of the day today. Mm -hmm. Potatoes. Indeed. indeed. It goes back to you, John (laughs) Dawson. You're tied 1-1. He is currently the manager for the New York Mets. But he served in the same role for the Yankees from 1992 to 95, the Arizona Diamondbacks from 1998 to 2000, the Texas Rangers from 2003 to 2006, and the Baltimore Orioles from 2010 to 2018. Uh, And in all those breaks that he's had there, he's been on ESPN. And I I find him quite entertaining. I'm I'm a fan of him. Uh, His name is William Nathaniel. Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter. Look at that, my boy over there. William Nathaniel Buck Showalter, the third. He is the third. He got 19 names. William William Nathaniel Showalter, but they call him Buck. But uh, the third. Junior. <laughs> so what do you got over there, John Dawson? How old today is Buck Showalter? I don't have a clue. 80, you know who Buck Showalter is? 82. Okay, he said eight. You want to give him another chance? Oh, it's not, that's not close? Oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> 81. Uh, he was born May the 23rd, 1956. He's only 67 years old. Well, he, he's, really? he's been on 19 teams. I figured he did that, did that after he was a player, right? Uh, yeah, probably. So, uh, who oh, cares? That's, uh, got, I care. He's got 29 names. Well, there you go. Well, uh, I wouldn't know him if he walked in here. And smacked you upside the head with a hockey stick. Oh, then I'd punch him in his old face. <laughs> he's not old. He's only 67. <laughs> Man, I remember when 67 was old, though, you know? It's still old. It's still old. It's not old. Dude, I'm only 13 years away from 67, man. Just because, There's nothing wrong with being old. Just because it's more current for you doesn't mean it's not old. Uh, Embrace it. Everybody's – I saw somebody – Your hair that, certainly has. I saw, 
Talk about my teeth. Talk about my hair. <laughs> I didn't say a thing about your teeth. You did. You said that you about did. your teeth. Okay, Neither one of us right. said anything. I did. I, I didn't. Did. I don't even notice it until you say something. To oh, be honest. Yeah, okay. What, somebody, my hair. <laughs> I don't think about either until somebody's. <laughs> can I finish my thought? Uh, yes, please. It's not even that interesting of a thought now, but someone saw me the other day that hadn't seen me in a few years, and they said, "Good God, your hair's gone gray." I said, "What? Isn't that supposed to happen?" Yeah. It's not like it st- turned into peacock hair. It's, it's supposed to get gray. It hurt worse when it was your wife that said that, right? <laughs> oh, that wasn't good. Okay. That was funny, right? Was it funny? Hey, Jonathan laughed. I don't I don't see any reason to make fun of the guy's hair, Brian. <laughs> He's got, hey, you can make fun of whatever you want to with Dawson. His doggone hair is not, dude. You just made fun of his hair. I didn't make fun of him. I made fun of his age. Anyway. Dude, you've got anybody on this freaking plane. You've got that Patrick Holmes hair over there, okay? See, I was trying to tell him there's nothing. It's okay to get old, and yeah. then he attacked me. Yeah, you're That's right. what happened. I take that back. That's why he has other friends. It's your fault. <laughs> it is my fault, isn't it? My other friends don't attack me <laughs> for your hair, anyway. They hate me because I'm beautiful. Then <laughs> they don't hate you very much, do they? <laughs> See? See? There you go. Thank you. Thank there you very much. Put it on the tee and hand you the bag. Hey, if there's, there's plenty of things to make fun of you about. Your hair is not one of them, okay? <laughs> you've got a great head. Dude, you've got a great head of hair, dude. In fact, when I give exam, and I mean this sincerely, when I talk about great hair to anybody, mm-hmm. I talk about you and Patrick Holmes. Yeah. Tell me Patrick Holmes doesn't have a great head of hair. And what is he, like 83, 84 years wow. old or something oh, like that? <laughs> and he's got great. Dude, I did that in front of Rotary. In front of 120 people at Rotary, I talked about how old he was. I, I can just hear that deep, dark chuckle <laughs> right now. Yeah. yeah. I thought I heard the cock of a gun, too, you know. <laughs> no, he, he would be smoother than that. <laughs> he would. It'd be one of those Russian poisons you walk through and pop all over. <laughs> <laughs> or you see me grasp my neck because... Because there's like a little dart in my... And he's over there with a toothpick just cleaning his teeth. <laughs> yeah. If we found out he was in the outfit, would anybody be surprised? Not one iota, would you? I would just be glad I've always been nice to him. If I found out he was in the outfit. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. hey, he's the best boss I've ever had. I make a point of always saying that. Didn't you just... Really was. Didn't you just I, I did I, say I he's said 83 he, I said he was 40 years old. I said he was 42. Brian said 84. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay, mm. uh, you lead two to one. I know how to tag the next birthday game. Brian discusses Patrick <laughs> Holmes' age. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and he'll he'll groan and laugh about it. Mm. That's how he is. He's a good guy, man. Okay, uh, it goes back to you, Jonathan Massey, with a two to one lead. He's currently the host of The Price is Right, and he has been since 2007. I didn't realize it had been mm. that long, which just is crazy. But I've always liked him. I liked yeah. him when he had his own show. I saw him the first time he went well, on the Tonight. Tell everybody who it is. Drew Carey. I saw him on his Tonight Show debut with Johnny Carson, and he killed. He he's the one that got he got invited over on his first outing, which is a big was a big deal. Well, Drew Carey, and the only thing is uh, he's doing that Jonah Hill. Uh, oh, don't make fun of him because he got healthy. I'm not making fun of him. I'm just saying it confuses me because one day you see him and he's 180 pounds, and the next time you see him, he's 270. I think he's been consistently thin for about 20 he has years been. now. He has, but I, I wish I could do that. Well, Jonah Hill's annoying. Drew Carey's going to be funny no matter what. There you go. I don't understand how Jonah Hill has a career. I really don't understand it. And I feel the same way about Seth Rogen and their Oh, yeah, even, yeah. Yeah, oh, yes, even more so. I, just, I don't get it. 
who thinks they're funny? Do you think they're funny, Jonathan? Maybe it's your generation's fault. I've never really found Jonah Hill funny. Now, I like some of his other roles, like Moneyball, Wolf of Wall Street. Like but have you seen those. him do anything that he, the three of us couldn't do if we had to do it? No. That's, that's my point. And by all accounts, he's not a pleasant human being. We're talking about Jonah Hill? Huh. But I did like. And I guess I, I he like, believed in himself enough to go take a drama class and audition. But I'm just saying, I don't. I've get never it. seen. But the two the, movies you mentioned, Moneyball and Wolf of Wall Street, I've never seen either one. Although I've heard, I want to see the Margot Rich, uh, Robbie scene, Robbie Wolf scene of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall yeah. Street. That's I'm right about that, right? Yeah. Never seen it, but I've heard about it. Have you heard about it? I'm a Scorsese fan, but I've not watched that because I can't stand Leonardo DiCaprio. But I'm going to have to give in and watch I it. Like, what don't you like about Leonardo There's DiCaprio? There's just something wormy about him. I just don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I have a, I just don't. Have you ever watched him act before? He was great in seating Gilbert Grape. He was like 12 then or whatever. Well, I, I didn't despise him then. Oh, dude, I've seen him in, uh, what was the dream movie? No, I'm lying. I saw him in the movie about Howard Hughes. I saw that one. I didn't see that one. You're talking about Inception. Inception. Dude. He was That's good. one of the greatest acting performances I've ever seen in my life. The, the movie was all right. It was a seven, seven and a half. He it was, was better he was, than average. He was good in The Revenant. I didn't see that. He was he was good in uh, Django. Yeah. He, oh, my God. He was actually funny in Django. You saw Django, right? Django Unchained? I tried to. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would it. say he was funny. I thought he was. I think it's, I saw him on an interview with Letterman, and he was just being too cool for school and wouldn't answer a question and tried to do that thing where he would he would start a uh, start a sentence 12 times and act like he didn't know how to speak something just put me off i don't know okay i could hey you like who you like you can't you know it is what it is but mm-hmm. i've always found out I, I mean i even saw him in titanic obviously uh inception and i've seen him in a couple other things too that just yeah, that i know I, forgetting something but yeah. i can't well anyway uh how in the heck did we get a whole Oh, Man, Drew talk Carey. about our, yeah, our 12-lane highway. Somehow we got from Drew Carey to Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. Was, uh, yeah, anyway. Drew Carey, Jonah Hill. Yeah. Ah, there you go. The best thing Jonah Hill ever did, a- a- along with Seth Rogen, was defriending James Franco. Good for them. So what's James Franco? We had his birthday here. Oh, he's got enough money. He didn't need to do anything. No, he was the, he was the one that allegedly did some, yeah. Nefarious things with young girls. Yeah, but they, like they publicly said, yeah, we're not going to be working with him anymore. Yeah, and that was like their big break into the business was with Franco. Yep, that's true. Okay, Drew Carey over there. Uh, I don't even know the damn score. Is you lead two to one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good lord. Sixty-three. You say sixty-three. What do you say, John Dawson? Sixty. Oh man, sixty-four. He was born May the 23rd, 1958, so he's 65 today. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. It's two to two. He goes the last one. This is a dead person. It goes to you, John Dawson. He was one of the greatest boxers of all time. He was a professional from 1973 to 1987. He was 62, three and two, uh, and had 52 knockouts. They called him Marvelous. Marvin it's Hagler. Mar- tell him. Tell Jonathan Massey, Marvin Hagler was... Dude would hit you so hard, your grandchildren would hurt. <laughs> Dude, he was a heck of a boxer, man. And I and I know you and I grew up sort of in the... Well, definitely in the Mike Tyson slash... Uh, even at the tail end of Muhammad Ali. But, man, Marvin Hagler was amazing. He died uh, just a couple of years ago in 2021. And he was in some great Old Spice commercials. 
Was he? It was some, some kind of deodorant, and he was like dressed up like an aristocrat. You know, this guy could knock your head into the next <laughs> county, and he's like talking like he's William F. Buckley. I'm speaking of offending in the personal grooming arena, something I would of course consider quite beyond the pale. So I give you a new right guard sports right guard. antiperspirant and deodorant. When one needs to seek maximum protection and a fresh new scent, one should grab oneself one of these right guard sports sticks because one would hate to be considered malodorous by one's chums. Now, wouldn't one? The right guard sports sticks from Gillette. Anything less would be uncivilized. I do remember that, dude. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. But uh, there you go. It was right guard. There you go. Uh, then uh, tell me how old today, uh, and this is for the win here, uh, John Dawson. Uh, how old today would marvelous Marvin Hagler be? He did pass away a couple of years ago if he were still alive today. Jonathan's over there doing math in the air. 78. You say 78. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? 77. He was born May the 23rd, 1954, so he would have been 69 today. So uh, happy birthday to Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Uh, a couple of birthdays here, uh, local birthdays. Uh, today is Marcel Duarte's birthday. Today is uh, uh, Lenore County Commissioner and uh, soon-to-be-retiring Kinston Police Department uh, I think he's a sergeant now, Chad Rouse. And then, of course, uh, and I hadn't, didn't say anything to you guys because I kind of wanted to just uh, let it out there. Today's Tina's birthday. Mm. Uh, today is her birthday. Uh, May 23rd is always uh, it's a good day. You know, I mean, she... Uh, she was a birthday person. Oh, she didn't just... No, it wasn't like just her day. birthday. It was a week. Month. Uh, if, when we entered the month of May, <laughs> it was Tina's birthday month. And uh, she expected gifts throughout the month. <laughs> she expected well, that to celebrate she, she, throughout the, the month. When she, when, what was it, your 40th birthday or 50th? No, 45th when she uh, took us in the limo. There's, there's still litigation pending <laughs> from that. Good Lord. We had fun that night. She though, made some questionable, questionable decisions in her life. <laughs> and uh, I, I can't say that 45th birthday limo ride was not one of them. Yeah, you and I were the chief culprits that night. Were yeah. we not? Clark yeah. Kent. Yeah. I, you know, everybody thought you didn't, but everybody else thought I tripped getting out of the limo. I no, did. I it thought was, you did. It was a dive. No, I dove because it was either dive or re, uh, redecorate inside of that limo. <laughs> uh, you had so much fun that night, John. That's what I remember the most. <laughs> yeah, it, it got to a point where I I went outside and sat with the guy in the limo because I did not want to be there when the cops showed up. I'm like, I did not want to be in the, the cops show up. I don't want to be in the because some people when they drink brown juice get crazy eyed. <laughs> not calling any names. Would any of those people be in this room right now? They would, and we're going to stop. <laughs> we're right going to stop right there. But, but I went outside, so I would not be part of the uh, incident report. I will say this. I'm so thankful for you because if it had not been for you, I would have looked like the idiot. <laughs> yeah. Not that I didn't look like an idiot, but There's I would, a little spot I would have been the, the limo had to pull over coming back into Kinston over yeah. there by LCC before still nothing will grow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. And uh, I, I murdered a lot of ants that night. Uh, yes, that's. <laughs> I just, but we're I just talking like, about Tina, and I would love your one of your favorite memories of her, John. Uh, I 
can't remember the situation, but there was some situation where I was driving and she was with me and we were following you back to her house and she was asking me about the band and stuff and she was being serious. Usually when people say, oh, how's your little band? They're being condescending, but she was actually interested in it. That was kind of nice for change. And before I even ask you, Jonathan, you know this. I'm not trying to get you verklempt or anything, but she loved you, man. You know well, this. Like he said, she made questionable decisions. She did make questionable, but she did. Hey! we. <laughs> she was uh, as big a fan of you, Jonathan, as uh, anybody out there. You know, I mean, And she, unfortunately, we'll never know why. <laughs> nah, dude, she loved you. You've got, uh, you're very lovable, man. Your favorite, your favorite man. So, it's not really a, a I guess it is a Tina-centric memory, but, of course, we were close before Tina came along. And, uh, you know, a lot of your previous relationships, <laughs> and some since then, not, not Linda, of course, but some of the other ones, <laughs> haven't been so welcoming of old Jonathan in Brian's life. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Tina, however, uh, made sure that I was always included in things. For instance, uh, so one year when I was Miss Christmas, more or less, up at the Holiday Invitational, Tina made sure, didn't really ask me, more more or less told me that I had to come to her family Christmas thing. I remember that, yes. I was so uncomfortable, but Tina <laughs> made a point to make me feel like I belonged. Yeah. So, and it's just little things like that that Tina did that I'll always remember. Well, happy birthday, baby. And uh, listen, a uh, great day. May 23rd uh, here in the year of the Lord 2023. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. I love you, John. I love you, Jonathan. I hope you all know that, okay? Love you, too. She loved both of you, too, very, very much. I mean, heck, you did our wedding, John, and you were in my you were in my wedding, Jonathan. So, I mean, you know what she meant. I was a little you far down guys the line, to her. but, you know. Huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was, that was good. John just banged his head against the, the wall. That is so good. That uh, was good. Mm. Wow. Well, if, if I do another one, you'll be further up the line, okay? I don't want your pity. <laughs> Let him be the flower girl this time. Well, wait, no, I know who's going to be the flower girl. It's going to be Maris. John? <laughs> no, John's going to be doing the ceremony again. Scott? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, if today's your birthday, like Tina, like all these other people, have a great birthday. And I went to school with Chad Rouse. He's a good dude. He is a great dude. Great dude indeed. Uh, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow on the birthday game presented by GoEco Office Automation. And again, want to thank our good friend uh, Jacques Passeleg and GoEco Office Automation for bringing you the birthday game every day here on the uh, Brian Hanks Show as we wrap up this Tuesday edition this Tuesday uh, what is Tuesday Tuesday May 23rd in the year of the Lord 2023 edition of the Brian Hanks show uh, it's been a fun show I want to thank again Richard Clark for joining us uh, in the first hour and even into their second hour and then the play-by-play voice of the East Carolina University Pirates baseball team Scott Rogers live from Clearwater Florida living his best life for sure as he uh, talking to us you could hear the seagulls in the background you could uh, he almost hear the, the waves hitting the beach, uh, as he was talking to us. So, uh, I would say good luck to him, but don't really need to, uh, he, he, again, living his best life, but good luck to the, uh, pirates today. Uh, again, uh, if you are just joining us, I don't know why you'd just be joining us in our final 90 seconds of the show of today's episode, but, uh, man, uh, send some prayers, send some thoughts up for, uh, our good friend Junius Smith III, as we talked a lot about in the first hour, and uh, you can see on my Facebook feed, uh, he's uh, undergoing surgery right now as we are speaking right now. Uh, he uh, undergoing brain surgery. Love you, Junius. Uh, just sending all kind of good vibes. Everybody's sending me messages. Uh, just I don't, I don't even know where to start. 
to thank people, but uh, so many people sharing that uh, post that I made and just uh, throw some prayers up for him right now. As like I said, as we're doing the show live, he is uh, undergoing surgery. Listen, on tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to have Scott Whittington is going to be joining us in our first hour. He's going to be making his debut as uh, as a quasi-regular. He's the son of Kenston, show intern. And then in our second hour, we'll have Wade Howell, former uh, Down East Wood Ducks general manager, uh, joining us here on the show. Again, uh, hey, thank you so much for listening to today's show. I really love every one of y'all. Appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Mm-hmm.